Welcome to the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss important topics for buyers, sellers, and investors in the Toronto area real estate market. Here's your host, Randy Selzer. Hello, everybody. It's Randy Selzer here. Welcome back to my YouTube channel and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Mindy Applebaum is joining us today, and she is the founder and CEO of Luxury Move Management, which is a very interesting company located here in the greater Toronto area. Welcome, Mindy. Nice to have you. Thanks for having me, Randy. No problem. My pleasure. Mindy's company is a little bit unusual. It's, um, and I've been studying it quite a bit the last little while. It's sort of a one-stop shop for people who need to move, but I'm going to let you, Mindy, uh, do a lot of explaining on that. A lot of people suffer some anxiety when it comes time to move, especially if they've lived in a house for a while. I don't know about you, Mindy, but, but I tend to accumulate a lot of stuff. I don't know what it is. We all do as time goes by. And then when it comes time to move, it's very difficult. Yeah. So, uh, and your company is very interesting. You've got a, a crew there, an all-female crew, I'm going to mention, which is great. Yep. And uh, I understand you guys have been tearing it up. I know you were featured in Toronto Life magazine recently. Congratulations on that. Thank you. But, uh, anyways, Mindy, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your company. Great. So thank you. So Luxury Move Management is a company I started about six years ago, and I built it to help real estate agents bring houses to the market. That's one phase of the business we operate. And the second phase is to help people that are then moving to actually do the move. So I like to think of it as two different phases. So for the purpose of your audience, they might be predominantly real estate agents we can talk about that. So, you know, when you're bringing a listing to market, you show up for your listing appointment, you walk in and sometimes you're like, ah, what's going on in this house? How am I ever going to get this? (laughs) You know, how am I going to, you know what I mean? How am I ever going to get this house looking awesome to put it on the market? You know, it's going to be a reflection of your brand and your name, your name's going on the, on the sale. So what we do is we offer decluttering services. We actually go in and pack and edit the the stuff that's in the house, help the homeowner decide what they really want to keep for their next home versus what they're ready to get rid of. We work alongside stagers. So oftentimes if the realtor is bringing in a stager, I like to go in there with the stagers report in my hand to see what they want the house to look like for their staging. For example, if they're saying clear out the main floor because we're bringing in staged furniture, well, then now it's my responsibility to pack up everything on the main floor, move the furniture out, store the stuff that the client needs. Mm. So I organize the storage for them. I have my women come in and we do packing my, my, my associates. And then we get the house ready to go in the market. Sometimes we have to take down a light fixture, maybe do some handyman work or painting work to bring the house to market. And then we hand the house back to you to get it staged. And then we sit quietly and wait for the house to sell. Well, that's very interesting. So that's, that's a point that uh, listeners should make note of that your company does it. You're not stagers. You're not home stagers. You're doing something that sort of kind of surrounds the staging process and helps people to sort of facilitate, especially with packing and decluttering, which is a huge thing. I mean, we are, I guess people are sentimental. I don't know what it is, but uh, I know you walk into, I do this, I've done this for many years and uh, walk into a home and you you meet these people, they're lovely people. And you look around and you see that nothing's changed since the 1970s or maybe 1980s. And you look around and you see all this stuff 
Let me tell you, for some clients, it's their books. For other clients, it's their Royal Dalton dolls. Okay. For other clients, it's their children's bedrooms to preserve them the exact (laughs) same way they were when they were raised. Other people, it's their clothing. I had one two years ago. I think it was the, the most stuffed house I've ever seen in my life. Big, nice, beautiful, detached home. The entire basement was packed up to the rafters. Uh, they have three sons and they had kept all, and they're grown sons, like grown men. And they'd kept all their children's stuff in the basement in, in boxes, uh, children's toys. It's like when they were five years old. And how do, you, how do you say that? I mean, you have to be nice. You have to say, well, maybe, you know, maybe you should consider, do you really need to keep all these toys from when your son was seven and now he's 21 uh, he doesn't care, but it's uh, so you're dealing with a lot of sentimental feelings there. It must, you must get into some situations where people, you have to kind of talk them into it. We're not talking yeah. into it. You but- know, I say, I say we're part therapists because the truth is, you Good know, one. better than anyone that you can. To, to optimize that sale price of the house, you need that basement cleared out. You can't bring, bring prospective buyers down to the basement who might be looking at it as a rental opportunity or for extended family to occupy the basement yep, or exactly. rec room for their children to play. If they can't see through all that mess, they're not going to buy the house. Yep. So I, I understand the value of having it cleared out. So part of our job is therapists. We're working with them to preserve the memories, but let go of the physical items. Yeah. So we have different tricks that we offer, you know, if it's clothing, we can shadow box frame one or two outfits that were extra special. If it's family photos, we can digitize them and get them like a coffee table book of all the photos. Um, there's different things we offer services and we do the legwork. We well, get, get you, that done for them. We don't just say, do this. You, we say, now let us do it for you. You should get an award for being a therapist for that, because some of that there's psychology involved. There really is. And sometimes people need a little nudge or just a little bit of awareness that really, you know, keeping those old high school memorabilia things is really not necessary. You've been out of high school for 40 years. Maybe you should let it go. Yeah. Um, that's really, so, that's really good. Yeah. Like let go of the physical thing, but hold on to the memories. And if you need a, a visual cue, uh, to preserve, then we can yeah. work it. Yeah. We can now, another thing I saw on your website uh, is that you guys also help people if they're decluttering and they need to get rid of certain pieces of furniture. Let's say, okay, well, we don't need that dining set anymore. Maybe they could sell it or whatever, but you help them with that, don't you? Yeah. So th- this this lends to our full service approach. So we know that if we're telling you to get, if if the agent wants something gone, then we try to monetize that for them if possible. As an example, clear out the main floor sofa sets. We're bringing in staged ones. I'll say to them, okay, are you keeping these sofas for the condo you're downsizing into, or are you finished with them? Mm. And they'll say, okay, we might be finished with them because the the condo we bought doesn't, isn't wide enough to support that length sofa. Right. So I'll say, okay, let me see the background information. Where did you buy it? How long have you owned it? Do you smoke or are there any pets in the house? And if I think I can monetize it for them, I'll actually sell it. So we have a pretty large following online. We use Kijiji. Facebook marketplace. Ah. We have a private Facebook group where we post everything. We also have a newsletter that we send out every Friday to thousands of people in the GTA who follow our newsletter. Okay. And we showcase all the items we're currently selling for our clients. And then oh. the, then the, then the transactions start, we get replies right away. Um, I'd like to come see that sofa. Can I go to your client's house and see that bedroom set? I'd like to buy the oh. desk. And then we set up the transactions. I have uh, one of my employees who works for me, Amanda. She makes the appointments with the client. The buyer will go to our client's house. 
look at the sofa, pay the client directly, and it's their responsibility to remove it, or we offer our moving services, we'll deliver oh, the sofa. That is so helpful. Believe any me. pain point, any pain point there is, we, we offer <laughs> the service to remedy that, or the client can take on that part themselves if they want. What happens if uh, the furniture, you take a look at it and it's like, nobody's going to pay you any money for this. It's just- Great question. There's yeah. two options that remain. Right. We can either donate it and possibly get a tax receipt. So a good example oh. is like a queen size bed. Okay. Maybe I can't sell it because maybe the mattress is a bit too old, or maybe there's a small stain on the bottom of the mattress, coffee, something. I would say, look, I can't sell something like that, but we can donate it and still get a tax receipt. Or another good example is out of date furniture. So uh, black lacquer furniture was all the rage, you know, a decade or two ago. Now it's not, you don't see it as much in stores. Another right. good example is that dark brown wood furniture that the dining room sets with the big hutches. <laughs> Very popular in the 50s and 60s. You know my demographic. Okay. <laughs> so okay. there's not a there's not a big right. resale market. Like if you look no. on Kijiji at dining room sets right now, there's lots of those on there okay. for four, three, four that people will pay you to take it off their take it Some off. do. It's true. So we we reject those style furnitures. That style will say, we won't sell it for you, but I can donate it to the furniture bank. I can arrange a pickup. They'll come pick it up and give you a tax receipt. That's very That's useful. One option. That's very useful, really. When we can't donate it, for example, king size furniture. A king size bed is not something you can donate to the furniture bank. In our experience, the demographic that the furniture bank serves mm, typically doesn't have point. the right size rooms to accommodate a large bed like that. Okay. So that is when we have to junk it. If we can't sell it, we have to send it to the junk removal. That's a last resort. And we try to avoid doing that at all costs, but you can't typically show up at value village with a king size bed either for the same reason, but um, clothing is another thing we donate. Okay. That's very, very uh, valuable stuff. And again, Sometimes having a third party come in there like that, I, again, I was in this house, the same house with a, with a full basement where they had a huge, huge walk-in closet and it was jammed to the rafters with clothes that she hadn't worn in many years. Uh, and it's a delicate matter to tell someone, you know, you need to throw out half those clothes because they're just, what are you keeping them for? So interesting. Yeah, a, a big one is fur coats, as you... <laughs> Yeah. No, politically incorrect now. Yeah. Very, very popular for yes. many decades. Now it's completely taboo. Yeah. I could not find a buyer for the, when I opened my company, I was trying to trade fur coats, sell fur coats. Yeah. And I was getting blasted online and shamed online. And I said, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not involving mm. myself in fur coats anymore. No one wants them. Yeah. I don't blame Try you. telling that, try telling that to an elegant 85 year old lady who has a beautiful mink coat and she yes. tells you how much she paid for it. And she stores it professionally every year. Yep. And she wore it with so much pride for so many years. And here I am trying to tell her, you cannot monetize that. It's done. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, it's part of our job. Well, yeah. Um, now, moving in general, I mean, as a realtor, I'm not supposed to say this, but it is a stressful thing. It is a super stressful thing. And I've had many people say to me that just the, just the art of packing uh, is a lot of work, especially someone who has a lot of stuff. Again, they've got cabinets full of crystal and Royal Dalton figurines and tons of dishes. And you, you have to explain to them that you got to start early on this. Like you cannot leave it till two days before moving because this stuff has to get packed properly. And I understand mm -hmm. that you guys offer, that's part of the, the, what you offer is helping people to pack and unpack at the new house. Yeah. 
we offer editing services. So if a client comes to me and I see they're moving in two months, I'll line up the move and then required packing that typically happens right before the move. Mm -hmm. But I'll also book with them several weeks in advance, some editing shifts, which are fewer people that I send in at a time. It's typically a team of two women who go in for fewer hours at a time. Let's just say a four hour shift instead of the regular seven hour shift. And during those four hours, they're assigned very specific rooms in the house to focus on. I don't say we're doing the whole house in one shift. We say today on this four hour shift, we're dealing with the main floor office and the dining room. And the goal is to physically go through every cupboard and drawer and make a conscious decision about each item in those rooms. Yes, I'm keeping it for the next house or no, we can pass it on to the next next person who's going to receive it. And that could be donation. It could be giving it away to their, their kids or their relatives. But we really have to do that editing process because if you move from a four-bedroom house into a two-bedroom condo, yep. you're not going to have nearly as much storage. I think that's the most stressful move of all is downsizing. I really do believe that. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's your life. You know, you're putting, you're, you're snipping off a portion of your life and giving it away, getting rid of it. That's not exactly. easy for people. It really isn't. No, it's really allowed me to look through my own life differently as I shop and as I see things I like and maybe want to buy. I, I have a different perspective now that I appreciate because these materialistic things. Well, Mindy. You're still a young woman. I am a little bit older than you. And I can tell you that as you get older, that feeling gets, it accelerates. It gets even greater. The older you get, the more you realize this stuff is weighing me down. And it's actually a very healthy thing to get rid of things. I really do believe that. I still have a bit of stuff, but you know, it helps to get, it's a good feeling. Yeah. I got rid of that thing. I didn't need that uh, record collection that I lugged around for 30 years. Why would, I didn't even have it turntable why did i keep my records then finally get rid of them and books are another thing yeah books and Uh, records books are another thing people they they cherish they they enjoy looking at they love a good full bookshelf and they're heavy they're heavy and when you go to a a condo if it's you know typically condos have way more wall uh windows than walls the nature of of a condo allows you lots of not light right so they don't have wall space to support bookshelves to carry all these books. So Absolutely. a lot of that. Ab- no, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect example of something that people, it's part of their life. They've been looking at those books, even if they hard, maybe they don't take them out that often, but they're looking at them and that's part of their life. And, and it's I, wall I, art, whether it be frames or, <laughs> or, or expensive yeah. paintings, any yeah. form of art on a wall in a yeah. house, you have ample walls to support all those frames. Well, you, when you're downsizing to a condo, you have to choose your 10 best prints, whether it be an expensive painting or a family portrait. You only have wow. very limited space to hang anything on those walls. I think you and your crew have to be trained psychologists. I really do believe that. Oh my knowing, goodness. knowing human nature. Um, I also read on your website that you help people with estates and that's often a very difficult sale. If their parent, their mother or their father passes away and they've got got to sell the house. How do you approach that? That that's difficult for, I mean, not so much for us, but for the family, we, they, they bring us in when the person has died. I typically deal with the adult children, right? More times than not, there's, um, there's a dynamic between two of the kids. They're not talking. They've been fighting for years. So I sort of have to navigate that elo- oh. as eloquently as possible. Mindy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it, it's about being that outside resource for them. That's not combative. I don't have skin in the game. I'm not looking to upset anyone. I'm ne- That's the word. I'm yeah. neutral. 
I come in with a, with a level of respect for them yep. and their stuff and, and their parents' possessions. And I say, look, I'm just here to provide solutions. Here's exactly your most efficient, cost-effective wow. way of dealing with that. And, 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 I, and I have a, and a uh, work back schedule. I say the very first thing any of you have to do is figure out what from this condo or house you want to keep for yourself. Right. And whether it makes sense for you to take it, don't take it if you have no room for it, or if right. you're just doing it to spite your sibling, right? What will you actually, actually really want to take? And then I get that stuff delivered to them. And then I say, give me carte blanche to deal with everything that remains in the condo. I can sell it for you. I can donate it. I just want them to take the stuff they want out first, whether it be wow. documents or money or jewelry or art sure. or dishes. And typically they're, they're, they're thankful to have me. Sometimes they, the emails go, you know, I'm, will you tell my brother this or tell my sister this? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> we need wow. to be in a discussion but, together. But it is a delicate, it really is a delicate situation when you're dealing with an estate sale like that. And I've been and through they, that. So we, I know totally what you're And they appreciate about. that we're able to handle little logistical details like booking the elevator and booking, you know, a small a mover that's not going to charge an arm and a leg just to deliver a few boxes and a couch to one of them. And right. we just have the resources and experience to streamline it so that they're not, you know, at their desk at their, on their workday, trying to figure out how to navigate these, these difficult decisions while also grieving the loss of a loved one. I can see where you approached this business uh, as a one-stop shop where people can basically come to you and get everything they need. I saw on your website that you provide all the packing materials, the various boxes and whatever they're going to need, you know, stuff to wrap their china up in. You, you provide all that. Uh, and also, I was very interested to see that you do have a network of trades. So if something needs fixing, if there's a, a chandelier that's shorting out or something, uh, you can you can provide someone who could fix that or a fix uh, you know fix a leaking faucet that sort of thing prior to putting the house up. You do yeah, that. most of our clients when they hire us, they're investing in us to manage the entire process for them. They're they're more than welcome to use their own tradespeople or purchase their own boxes and bubble wrap or hire their own painter. Okay. I don't mind working alongside any of that. Okay. But if they don't want to do that and they want to be more hands off they can rest assured knowing that I work with very reputable tradespeople that won't overcharge them, that are highly skilled, that are accountable, that do deliver excellent customer mm. service because Is my- that insured? Is it insured? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another thing. Everyone I work with is above board. They have you know proper yeah. insurance. Everything's covered. Yeah. Um, I have a very high standard for customer service, not only for the customer service I deliver, but for the third-party suppliers that I work with. Okay. I, I, I don't have room for them to be, you know, making grave errors and messing up relationships that I have with my clients. It, it goes without saying that if you work with me, then the people that I bring into the equation are wow. share the same values as I do. So you help them get everything ready. You help, help them get packed. You help them declutter, get rid of unwanted furniture. I know you help them if they have to put certain things in storage. All yeah. that stuff is taken care of. What happens? Okay, so the house gets sold. It's moving day. They're moving into the new house. What happens at the other end, at the new house, when, you're, when your crew is there? Yeah, so typically if they're moving on a Tuesday, let's just say we'll come in Wednesday morning, first thing in the morning, and start unpacking all the boxes. We put everything away thoughtfully in their new house. We don't just ram stuff into cupboards. Okay. We try to have the same group of ladies do the unpacking that did the packing. So there's that sense of continuity and familiarity between the teams working with the client. That's really good. 
It, it helps because then, you know, if the same person is unpacking the master bathroom as who packed the master bathroom, then there's more likely that it's going to be put away in a way that the client had it at their old place. Okay. So the client appreciates that. We'll make their bed. We'll put everything away and then break down all the boxes and remove it from the, the house. So it's funny. The timing is funny. I had a client that we moved uh, earlier this week and I had offered our unpacking services, but he said, no, no, we'll unpack ourselves. I said, great. Today, he's texting me, can you come pick up all these boxes? I have a hundred boxes and all this bubble wrap. Thinking, I know, we packed them all. <laughs> but he, he didn't want help no. unpacking. So we offer a service where we will drive back over to the house, pick up all the empty supplies and carry them off site. Nice, nice. Yeah. So just so our listeners understand though, you guys are not driving the moving van. Like you're, you're getting them prepared to be put in the moving van and then you're helping them after the moving van has offloaded and it's at the new house, but you're not actually a moving company. You're helping, you're kind of surrounding all of that activity at, at either. Correct. Okay. That so being said, yeah. that being said, I, I have relationships with all different level movers in the city. So if it's a very high end luxury home in Rosedale or Forest Hill, right. I, I work with a moving crew that I would trust implicitly with that level yep. of luxury. Okay. Um, if it's a mid starter home, maybe empty nesters, if it's different levels of it's all great service, but you know, some require larger crews, more time, the cost goes up. So when you work with me, I also bring in the right mover that's appropriate for your move. A one bedroom condo move, we do those no problem. I'm not gonna bring in my luxury movers for a one bedroom condo. Right. I can right. I can get you cheaper movers that are just as qualified that you know I trust implicitly. Now, so I take care of that piece of the puzzle. I'm just not the mover. I wish I'd met you a little while ago, let me tell you. Um... So now when there's, there's expenses, obviously, when you're moving uh, and there's places where people can spend money and people where they should spend money and places where they should, where they could, if they had to cut costs, it would be appropriate to cut costs there. What would you recommend to people if they're saying, well, where, where should we spend? Where should we not spend when it comes to the move? Okay, great question. I would say always spend on insurance. If your moving company is offering you extra insurance, always opt in. It ah. could be anywhere from $15 to a couple hundred dollars. Okay. There's so much that could go wrong. You know, uh, it's everyone's human, you know, yep. even the best movers in the world, they could slip, they could fall. Yeah. It's worth it to pay for the insurance. Another one is pay extra for movers. If it means you're getting a more reputable company. Okay. So the company I moved, I used to move into my starter home is a different caliber pay point than, than the one I would, you know, move into my next home. It's worth investing in good movers, not just fly by night guys that you hope they show up. They don't have any Google reviews. They don't really have an online profile. You think his name is Michael. You're not really sure. Yes. <laughs> um, another good investment, in my opinion, is staging. I stand by staging. I think it makes a world of difference when you're getting your house to go into the market. If you take out your old sofa that you paid, that you bought 25 years ago from Sears, Yep. If you imagine taking that out with your wooden coffee table and putting in a nice glass or neutral color table and sofa, it makes I'm, all the difference. I totally agree. I, you know, I, you know staging? what? When staging yeah. started, I was skeptical. When it first came, I got to say, as a, I've been a realtor for 28 years. Okay, so mm -hmm. I don't want to date myself too much. But when stagers first came on the scene, I thought, oh, you know, it's a gimmick. Uh, you know, they're charging. And stagers can be quite expensive, too. Yeah. But Yes, they can. And again, if you're renting furniture on a monthly basis, it can add up. Although in today's market, it usually doesn't go on too long. But exactly, yeah. I, I was skeptical. And yet I've seen it time and time again that it works. 
It works. Yeah. It definitely helps it, the houses and condos to sell faster, faster for sure. And now I'm pretty sure as well for more money. I think it's money well oh, spent. Yeah. You just have to look at before and after photos. People can't take it personally. If your realtor walks in and says, I would like to spend $6,000 on staging of your money, it's not good to get defensive and say, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Bring in the next realtor for a meeting. You have to take yourself out of the equation and say, if yeah. I were coming to look at this house, do I want to see, you know, all the Christmas decorations and the family photos and the diplomas and the post-it notes up on the wall and the, my, my old sofa that has a little tear in it from my cat and the mismatched chairs and the old China cabinet. Mindy, you know what you're talking about. 100%. I mean that. <laughs> but let me tell you ways to yeah. save money. Let me yeah. tell you where you can okay, save Okay. Yeah. Where, where can you cut costs? Okay. One thing I noticed that gets really expensive is when you have to start packing artwork and moving it. So artwork mm. has to be cared for in a special way. A lot of the moving companies will recommend crating it, which is essentially custom building a wooden coffin for each piece of artwork. Okay. Because the movers don't want the liability of if something goes wrong. They want right. it well protected. A right. crate for one painting could be $200. Okay. So what I say to my clients is if it's not that big and you can fit it in your car, and you're doing lots of trips over to the new house anyway to look at the renos or you have a couple days overlap where you have access to the house. Consider just laying a blanket in the back of your car, putting your artwork in and driving it over safely. Absolutely. And then just carrying it up your house and putting it in a closet against a wall so that yep. it's out of the way for moving day. Yep. You could save a bundle that way. Same with mirrors. Same with mm. anything um, extra large that, that wouldn't fit nicely into a box. Whoever packs you is going to have to start wrapping it to protect it. Just carry it over. Okay. There was one client. Here's a good example. I have a client right now who has about 50 soapstone figurines and they range in size from about that to about that. Soapstone, like Eskimo yeah. carving kind of things. Yep. Very oh. heavy. Okay. Yeah. They're very yeah, yeah. fragile. Okay. Very fragile. So I did a consultation with her and I was with my mover who's doing the move. And the mover always says with soapstone, we have to create those. They're too heavy. They'll fall right through our boxes. So they have to be in a wooden crate. So in total, I quoted her for creating, I think, 21 soapstone figures. And oh the price was about $4,000. Just for the and boxes. I, yeah, just for the crates. Wooden yeah, custom-made crates, gotcha, custom-made gotcha. to the dimensions. Oh now, when God. I sent her the quote, I was embarrassed. I said, look, I am not trying to gouge you at all. I got two quotes from two different companies that do this. Your movers already said they have to be crated. There's no, you can't just put them in a box. They'll right. fall right through. So I said, you know, you are just moving to a condo two blocks away. May I recommend that you just drive them over yourself? Wrap them in a blanket or whatever. And, yeah. and, and because they're doing renovations at that condo, she has ongoing access for the next two months. Very so I cool. said, every time you go over, carry two soapstone sculptures with you. Save yourself $4,000. Yes. And right. I said, please do that. But if, if you don't want to do it, I'm happy to arrange the crating, but there's an mm. opportunity for you to save money. Okay. So she, she appreciated that. I imagine, um, yeah. And then another area is if, if, you know, you want some help packing, but you don't want to pay to have the entire house packed, maybe you can't afford it, or you're still independent and you want to do it yourself. A good investment is to get help packing areas like the kitchen and dining room with lots of breakables. Right. First of all, you know, if you're hiring a packing company, they're obviously trained and skilled at doing it and they know how to do it and they know which supplies to use to properly protect yourself. But also it's very time consuming to pack rooms like that. And it's just not a good use of your time. If you're a working professional, if it's going to be taking time away from your job or your children or your hobbies, it's good to invest in packing services for at least the kitchen and dining room. Having done it myself and sworn to never do it again, just, you know, you got crystal glasses and stuff and just wrapping it up. 
I made a huge mistake when I was a young man, my, my wife and I at the time. Uh, we, were in, we left it to the last minute and we ended up having to wrap some of our dishes and we, we were stupid, okay, really dumb. We wrapped it in newspaper, like the Toronto Star. Oh my what, God. what did you, uh, I, you learn by your mistakes, right? What a mess. And all the ink, you know, it came off. We had, everything was just, it took us weeks to wash all that stuff, but you, I learned my lesson. So we use newsprint, but it's plain. There's no, of course. Yeah. And we don't use it for breakable dishes. Yeah, we well, use it for other stuff, but that, that just sounds like a big mess. I'm, I'm one of those guys that has to learn by doing it wrong the first time. That seems to be yeah. the story of my life, but so yeah. that's very interesting. So how does your fee structure work? It sounds to me that like you've got different kind of packages, different modular kind of pieces uh, yeah. where you're saying, well, you can, you know, we'll charge you to, to pack the kitchen, but not the rest of the house or whatever. Mm -hmm. how, how does it work? Okay. So we do estimates on site. We go out to the client's house and do a walkthrough. And then we can put okay. together, once we understand the scope of work, we present them with an estimate. Okay. Generally speaking, we charge what's called a project management fee. Okay. up front to get to onboard a new client that ranges in price the least that costs is 380 dollars, okay. and it can vary depending on the scope of work it might be more so after that pro initial project management fee we charge by the hour so packing right now the packing is 58 dollars per hour per person so if i'm sending a team of two women in to pack for the day it's 116 dollars an hour for the team okay time plus supplies right Ah, so if okay. they use 11 boxes and one roll of bubble wrap and two rolls of tape, and I can't, I don't know, I don't know the price off by heart, but you pay yeah. for just those supplies. Sure. Okay. So it's an itemized list that you would provide and then they would, they could select from that list, uh, you know, what yeah. they required and they'd have an, yeah. an exact, they, they'd know exactly, well, pretty close what it's going to cost at the end of the day. Oh yeah. We are very transparent with our prices and that's why I insist on doing the estimates in person is because I want to be in the house and anticipate what they might need if, like they would never mention when I'm in their house. Oh, don't forget my dining room chandelier. No one's ever remembered to tell me that. But as soon as I'm in their dining room, I say to them, right. is this light fixture or any other light fixture in your house coming with you? That, you know, one, one client the other day said, yes, only my master bedroom night table ones, the sconces above the night table. And I thought, oh, I've never heard of those coming with, uh, with the move before. Mm -hmm. Once I was in the master bedroom, I saw why they were coming with her. They were gorgeous, but mm -hmm. you know, that it requires an electrician to come in and dismount them that's right. and they're glad they're glass. So we had to create them. So that's an example of the client wouldn't have known to bring that up in the conversation, but I was there and I noticed it and I asked her, and then I was able to quote her on the service up front so that she had, you know, a good idea of what the cost would be. Um, and how does payment work? Is there, um, it's all at once or is there a, a can you, they make certain payments or how, how is that? Yeah. Work? So we take the project management fee right up front. As soon as they sign our contracts, like, they charge like, their credit card. Okay. And then we, we invoice them at the end for everything, except if they incur $5,000 worth of services or charges, at that point, we'll invoice them and take the $5,000 and continue servicing them. In other words, we don't typically allow them to run a debt of more than $5,000 at a time. Okay. Well, but most moves don't, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't climb past that too often. If it's a no. really large home, of course it will, if they need sure. crating and electrician and moving and packing and everything, but. Right. Okay. Well, that seems fair. I mean, nowadays people have to understand, especially people who've owned a house for a while, they made a ton of money on their house. They've got tons of equity. And sometimes you have to spend a little uh, to get a good result. It's that simple. Same thing with staging. Uh, it's not particularly cheap. I mean, they've got their consultation meeting, but then depending on what you do, that's going to add up, you know, a couple of thousand, 3000 or more minimum, mm -hmm. minimum, mm -hmm. depending on the house. Again, if it's a big luxury home, it could be quite a bit more, but that's money well spent. And I, I got to tell you, 
you sold me. I didn't see a single thing on there that didn't make sense because I've moved a few times and I know, and I'm not supposed to say it as a real estate agent, but it's a hassle. It is. Moving mm-hmm. is a huge, and the, and the more stuff you have, the older you are, the more stuff you've accumulated, uh, it can be a real nightmare. I know there are some people who are just, they might not even want to move just because thinking about, they're intimidated by the whole thought of having to go through that. That's absolutely right. And, you know, that affects real estate agents, too, because I'm sure, you know, a lot of your listeners are real estate agents who know people in their community, in their network, who will eventually hire them as their realtor. But that could be years away simply because that client cannot face what's coming, the inevitable. Some of them are secretly hoping they can live there till they die, that they won't have to move. You know, like they're better suited for a condo because their lifestyle is better suited for a condo. Maybe their health needs would would be better served in, you know, a condo with no stairs, smaller, there's amenities. But for whatever reason, you know, these reasons, they just can't face the decluttering, the packing, the moving, the decision making. Did you have a background? You personally, did you have a background in real estate? Because you really know all those touch points. Those are the exact or pain points, if you want to call them from a customer's point of view. You're right on the money. Those are exactly the problems that people have. Did you were you a say, realtor before or no? No, no? not at all. Okay. It just comes from personal experience. My mom said to me once, when I die, you can bring a dumpster onto my driveway <laughs> and throw out my, oh. my teaching textbooks. My mom's been retired for 15 years. She has all these teaching textbooks. Okay. And every time I go home to visit her, I say, oh, mom, why don't we pur- purge a bit and get rid of this? Yeah, yeah. Nope. Nope. When I die, you can deal with it. And uh, I thought, well, that's selfish uh, to make me, a, you know, I'm a busy working mom. My brothers are busy. We all have kids. When, when God forbid that happens, we're going to have to deal with that. And I say to her, why don't you let us work with you slowly uh, a little bit at a time? Nope. You deal with it when I'm dead. <laughs> so it's, it's from a personal I, experience that I, I want to alleviate I think, that stress. I think I like your mom. Yeah. She's no, but she is so typical. It's, so, it's so typical. It really is. And God bless her. Really. And that's why, you know, we're non, we're not judgmental at all. The first thing my clients say to me when I walk in their house is, Oh, I'm sorry about the mess or, Oh, I'm sorry about this. And I say, look, I'm not judgmental. You have a beautiful home. I've seen a thousand times worse than what I'm seeing in your house right now. You know, your house is clean. There's no dead cats. Like everything is fine. (laughs) I've seen it all. And we're very, we're open-minded. We don't judge. We're compassionate. The women that work for me are very patient and loving. You know, they make sure everyone's fed and and hydrated on the job. They're not going to let the client miss lunch because they're, they're on a roll. They stop and say, let's make sure you, you know, energy, get some energy here. It's a really positive experience for the client. Yeah. And I, and I can see that your company is growing quite rapidly too. Good for you. Thank That's you. Fan- yes. Fantastic. So are there any other things that you'd like to talk about today? Um, um, I, some part of me thinks we've just scratched the surface. There's probably a million things we could get into. It's uh, great. It's, it's once you work with me once or twice, like for your, for your listeners, once you work with a company like ours, real estate agents call me over and over again. You know, there's no one, one experience with a real estate agent. It turns out being a recurring relationship that's mutually beneficial for our company and for the realtor, because the realtor doesn't want to do all that legwork, doesn't want to be the one helping their client decide which books to get rid of and which books to keep. The the, the realtor, you know, serves a much different purpose in this transaction. So it's good to be that, that we be on your listeners radars as, you know, a one-stop shop that has all these solutions available so that the realtor can go in and do what they're good at and leave the rest to us. Well, Mindy, I totally agree with you there. I really do. And I can see that you'd be a great, um, 
uh, partner with many realtors in the GTA because this is something that, uh, I mean, it's a great idea what you thought of here. It really is. And I don't think anybody else is doing it, not that I'm aware of, that uh, you can take that anxiety away from the client because they, they have major anxiety and that's normal when you start thinking about what are we going to do and how are we going to get packed and how are we going to stay organized you know we got 60 days we have to have everything on the truck in 60 days the clock is ticking and you can just see their stress stress levels go up i think uh, you provide a great service there i really do and i Thank just want to mention i'm going to put your contact info under the youtube video and also on the podcast as well so people can reach you uh because right. i I'm sold. I'm going to, I'm going to try you guys out next time I get somebody with a lot of stuff, which hopefully she'll be soon. Yeah. Um, we'll be giving you a call and you do work the entire GTA, right? Like you go yep. from far? east to west, north to south. Would you go as far as like Burlington or something like that? Or would you No, our cutoff right now is Oakville. Okay. Um, right. We did, we did move someone to um, Niagara on the lake. So we, ah. we did the unpack mm -hmm. there. It was nice. in the middle of December. It wasn't amazing. There was snow, but we would, you know, depending on the case, if it were the right client that right. and they wanted to pay for our travel time, we would go there. But we don't we're currently not promoting ourselves in Burlington or Hamilton. We gotcha. sort of stop at Oakville. OK. All right. OK, that's fine. Yeah. So and in terms of lead time, I, uh, actually, this is sort of off script and random here. One of the biggest problems we sometimes have with stagers is they get so busy that someone will call you up. OK, we want to list the house. Well, when do you want to list it? Well, tomorrow. And sometimes you have to explain, well, we can't, we're not ready. Like I'm ready, but you're not ready because we need to get a stager in. And one yeah. of the problems with stagers is they've been so busy lately because a lot mm -hmm. of people are staging that sometimes they're booked up to a week or two right. beforehand. How about you guys? Are you able Love to that accommodate? question? Can you yeah, accommodate I've... short, short notice for you need some? Yeah, time? I built the company so that I have enough staff available that typically I can accommodate last minute bookings. Okay. Um, but as a courtesy to everyone involved, the more notice you can give us, the better. Because if, yes, I might have 14 women who are packers trained in my company, 14. but if those 14 women are out on jobs in the GTA, I, I might not. And I'm not willing to, you know, hire 30 more just on call in case an agent calls me. I don't think that's fair to anyone. No, of course. Yeah. So I would say the more notice, the better. But yes, we can accommodate last minute bookings. Mindy Applebaum, it's been great talking to you. And the name of the company is Luxury Move Management. And the website, I believe, is luxurymovemanagement.com. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so listen, it's been a great talk. Let's Thanks together. for having me, Randy. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks again, and um, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Randy Selzer Real Estate Podcast. Follow us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And check out our main website at randyselzer.com for much more valuable info on the Canadian real estate scene.